Hey guys, Rusty here. Do you know how many times I've been out on the road or at church and I hear some audio guy or lighting guy or our friend Jay Desai say, I hate video. And almost always, it's some signal chain issue having to do with the LED wall. Well, our friends over at Row are fighting back. During a display install, the last thing you need is to encounter hurdles that derail you or your workflow. At Row Visual, they pride themselves on being the elite creative LED manufacturer in the business with ultra-high standards of quality and efficiency in every build they're involved with. Row's team goes above and beyond by offering unmatched technical support and an abundance of resources to help troubleshoot on-site issues that arise. Paired with Row products' intuitive design, installation and maintenance don't have to be a daunting task. Learn how you can tap into a more streamlined display experience by contacting Row today at 747-229-9190 or visiting their website at www.rowvisual.com. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 124 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Lee Fields. How you doing, buddy? Great. Good. And we are joined today by our partners in crime with video and lighting, Rusty Anderson and Daniel Cannell. How you doing, fellas? Hey, doing great. Everybody's going to talk a lot today. We have four podcast hosts on the same podcast. <laughs> I know. I that's thought about right. jumping in and doing the intro like it was a takeover. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you guys do need to do a takeover. That'd be awesome. Well, the reason all four of us are here at the same time in the same place is to talk about the MXU live tour. We have less than a month before our first event, and we could not be more excited. I cannot wait to hang out with you guys in person and teach the good people of church production world all they need to know about all they need to know. When can we do a golfing conference? We got to get Daniel to play golf, I think. Daniel, do you play golf? I ride in a golf cart and drink beer. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're two-thirds of the way there. <laughs> yeah, we have, and, we, and we have several other people in the MXU clan who could join you in doing just that. So <laughs> you don't have to swing a club the whole time. And we'd still have eight people playing. I'll tell you what, I'll, tra- I'll trade you. Uh, I think exactly who you're talking about and I are uh, going to put together a, a paintball championship uh, here at, at Camp DC. So you guys, nice. uh, I'll come play uh, golf with you. You got to come play paintball with us. I, could, I would I'd get destroyed at paintball, but I would love it. I I don't know how I feel about all that. It's I think amazing. It, hmm. It sounds like a lot of work. We're gonna wait till the ticks die off, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> Lyme disease and paintball at DC Pro. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, anytime I'm now uh, talking to Jeff and Rusty, it's about golf right now because golf's the thing and jeff and rusty played golf every day on the dude perfect tour on show days mind you you white gloving guys no, you. Hey, hey, i still put in a 10 hour day after that round of golf Thank yeah we still much. we still worked hard we just we got up early that's the thing we would leave the bus at 6 a.m be on the golf course before 7 and get back by 10 30 that's awesome are we gonna be able to do that on the mxu tour i think so absolutely <laughs> not so, on show days but on load-in days for sure yeah that's true so we, maybe we can get Daniel out there on a on a load in day. No, wait, lighting guys are bu- busier on load in days than they are during the show. It's the opposite. I'm the talent on That's this one. Funny. I just have to get there and talk. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So Daniel's got people. 
um, the tour's coming, like you said. So we wanted to get you guys on here and just go ahead and uh, spoiler alert the whole thing. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we've talked about it a bunch, but this day is designed for whole teams to come together. So audio, video, lighting, leadership, worship, musicians, even executive leadership. So um, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag too much, but I know specifically of an executive pastor who's coming to one of the cities, and he is going to be one of your camera ops, Rusty. So just oh, are you going <laughs> to let me in on the secret? Prepare yourself. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you know. Okay, but cool. We're gonna we're gonna call him out by name on the show day because he's gonna learn a lot that day and help his team by understanding his team. So love that. yeah. Uh, I'd love to hear, let's just go in order of how the day is going to go. We're going to start with lighting. So like Daniel last year, the first day we did this and you get up and you do your thing. I, I was blown away by both of you guys, but it was, it was so cool for me to see you guys explain what you do and talk about training and programming lighting and how to train camera ops. But after doing last year, like, I'm curious, like, what were your favorite parts of it? Big takeaways. And then like, what are you thinking for this year? Are you, are you going to do the same thing? Or are you going to, you thinking like, I know ways, ways I can make that better. Rusty, you want to start with that? Or is that well, he said me? lighting is they, first. They, they, they said, uh, you know, we're, we're, us, we can't hear very well over here in the lighting department. <laughs> yeah. Turn me up a little bit. <laughs> no, uh, you know, it was interesting going into last year. Um, I don't know. This may be a, a letdown for some people. I'm not sure if we really knew what we were doing. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> winging it. Yeah. For well, sure. We'd never done it before. And there was this great idea, but anytime you're doing something like that, you sort of go into it going, wow, I hope this works. And what was totally. amazing is, wow, this worked and it worked really well. I even remember the conversation with uh, both you guys, Lee and Jeff, after that first day. And I, I remember the words from your mouth, we're not doing it any other way again. And I think we all felt that way. You know, it's so often like uh, in these instances, you know, you'll have some people to feel one way about it. Some people to feel different. Walking away from the, the, the training approach of last year's tour, there was not a single person, I think, that had... Uh, anything that really wanted to change. Uh, it was impactful. And the, definitely the part that, that uh, I love the most, you know, I've been to, and I've done lighting specific training things. I've, I've heard of and seen video specific training things, of course, from being on the outskirts of MXU since it's very beginning, I've obviously seen you guys doing audio specific training. I've never seen it all tied together. Like we were able to do it last year. And that, that was huge. And even from the person being on stage teaching it, talking about what a light does, talking about what I do with lights, I mean, it's fine. Those are parts that are important. And even to this, it's still a component of it, of explaining, explaining the processes. But actually getting to show the process, game changer. You know, being able to ha yeah. have music that I need to program for an event we're going to do at the end of that day. And being able to sit there and have the audience watch me and my team go through that. I can't think of another better way to do it. Um, you know, what I'm excited about is I feel like we get to plan it a little bit better. You know, the whole, the whole, yeah, we just winged it. It's a little bit tongue in cheek, but to a point we, we, because we had never really done it, we weren't sh sure the best approach maybe is the best way to say it. Um, 
I I like that I'm going to be able to go into this one set up a lot better to focus on the parts that matter, if that makes sense. You know, like, yeah. I mean, this is something that exists just in real life production every in every event you ever do, but there just wasn't enough time. Does that make sense? I remember there was a, a, several of the days where we programmed maybe one song live, and then I had to turn around and look at the audience and go, okay, I guess I'm winging the rest. And that was great because it, it showed everybody there's times when you have to do that. You have to be prepared to you know, for the days when you can't program out every song exactly the way you want, but you still have to make the event happen. So it was a great component. Um, but we're going to go into it this time equipped with uh, more tools up front to, I think, uh, help put together a better end product. And what I like about that is showing everyone the journey to that better end product. Uh, we'll put every, a lot more tools and lessons and, and techniques and strategies and approaches uh, into the people's hands that are there to watch, you know, one specific thing, um, we, you know, I'll admit what we did with the video content, not Rusty's video content, background video content for the songs, the led wall, that was an afterthought last time. <laughs> yeah. I even yep. think, I think at the first event we went, Oh shoot, we need content. Well, luckily most of us, you know, carry hard drives with content on it. We went in and picked some stuff that looked good. And I don't necessarily think that was bad because it even showed the audience. Sometimes that's just, what you have to do. And I've literally done many, many shows in my life where that's how we had to do it in real life is you get there and you realized your band didn't plan any content. There's not a, you know, video person involved for that. And you just have to grab the hard drive and find what looks good. Um, I want to go into it this time with a little bit more intention, intentionality. You know, there's, there's value in learning how to do it by the seat of your pants. Um, but in with who will be coming, who our audience is, I think a lot of them have more time to, plan out. So I want to focus more on that planning process as well. That's cool. Like when you were just talking about, we kind of winged it, like we just showed up there and like, okay, what are we going to do? We, I remember we did that on purpose and like Mm -hmm. we had Mm -hmm. phone calls with all of us before the tour where we're like, and you guys are even asking like, Hey, so what's the plan? And I think Jeff and I were even like, let's just show up and figure it out. Because when we started these events in 2016, right, Jeff? 2016? Yeah. 2016. We showed up in Anaheim, me, Jeff, and Andrew with consoles and a PA, and we had no idea what we were going to do. We didn't know where we were going to put the consoles. We didn't know if we were going on stage or off stage. So then we showed up on that load in day, and then we think, okay, there's a hundred people coming. What's the best way for them to listen in on a conversation about us getting better? Oh, I think we should put these consoles in a circle and then put the audience around us. And that's how it all started. So it was very much like, listen, we've got really smart people and we've got people coming and we've got all the gear. Let's just show up and then do what feels right. Like the, the end yeah. goal is to show yeah. people how to put together a weekend service. Well, we could all show up at a church with all the gear ready to go and pull off a weekend service at the end of that day. We're all talented enough to do that. So let's go show them how we would, how we would do it. And then we got on airplanes and we went and, and we went and did it. It's crazy. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to do that again. But <laughs> to your point, Daniel, I think I think we are going to have, because we do have a few reps under our belt, we are going to approach things a little more strategically probably within each of our areas. But I will say that with the band that we have, you know, the band is from Elevation Church, and they have their moments where they're going to flow. And so... Yeah, they might do a song or two that is click and tracks pretty precise, and we have you know 
intro, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, done. But there might be a couple of moments where no matter what you plan, you're going to have to busk anyway because they're going to maybe go off on a tangent. And I think those are the moments that I welcome because of what it shows the audience from a from a lighting perspective and a video perspective about how we're helping to tell the story. That to me was the thing last year that was most impactful was how we were able to partner with the people on stage to take people on a journey and how it was we had a set list, we had a plan, but we also within that plan were able to flow really well. And that to me you know, from a leadership perspective, from a planning perspective, from people sitting in the seats, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways was, wow, these guys were a partnership between the stage and the crew. It wasn't crew following along. It was us working together to make these moments happen and to flow through the arc of this worship set. And that to me is the most exciting part about what we get to do, right? It's like, yeah, we get great sounds and we get cool looking lights and we have great camera shots. But how it all comes together with the emotion of the moment, that's the thing that makes it not just music, not just art, but worship. And that that to me is like, that's what takes it to the next level. And so I'm really craving those moments more than anything. It's really cool to hear you say it that way because as you guys all know, but nobody listening really does, you know, out here in Tulsa, we've spent the past three days shooting more videos for MXU lighting content. And one of the last videos we shot that this exact topic came up and it was interesting hearing you say it. Cause I feel like it, it's almost, it's almost feels like you saw the video already. I know you haven't, but that was exactly what we talked about is, um, everyone in the process should attempt to plan as much as possible. You know, the crew should, should, you should program out your cues. You should have it dialed in as best as you can get it. You know, if you're the worship leader, you should get as much information to your team as you can. You should advise them on, you know, I think we may flow a little bit here or we're going to be exactly how it is here. And you should plan as much as you can. But, you know, then we said for the production people listening, um, when that plan falls apart, that doesn't mean you, you don't have to do your job anymore. That doesn't mean that's an excuse for the it looking bad, it sounding bad, whatever. Well, the band went off the rails and uh, that's not what the plan was. So uh, I guess it's not, and you know, I don't, since they broke the rules, since they broke the plan, um, I'm off the hook for making this look great. No, we we all have to be prepared, uh, you know, plan, dial in, organize, and then know what to do when that all goes out the window. So I'm excited about that. Because, it's funny, though, even... Go ahead. I'll say I'm excited about that because a band like Elevation, uh, I think, really will help, you know, speak to that and, and give us a great way to show the example of that, of, hey, we planned all this out. You guys watched me program these cues. We had a plan. And then when it changed, it still looked great and it was still impactful. And we still it, were able to visually represent the emotion of what we're hearing. What's funny is your production brain and your sort of planning brain, when you describe those moments, you say phrases like falls apart, goes off the rails, gets off track. Those are negative. And most, and most people in production describe it that way. But it's, it's actually not a negative most of the time if people embrace it. And so I think that's, you know, that's part of what people are going to are going to be learning, I think, is that it's as much as it feels like it's fallen off the rails because it's not what I had in mind, it could eventually be more effective in the long run because of how we change the plan and modify things on the fly. So, 
Well, I wasn't was, saying that as a cut against you. I was just saying that that's that's how we think as production folks most of the time. No, that's a great thing to point out, and I, I think for even even clarity because there can be some confusion there. Just because the plan goes off the rails, it does not mean the moment goes off the rails. And I think that's what we're all trying to right. emphasize is you have to be ready for that. Yeah, because if you set your systems up to only be a train on a train track, if that train comes off a train track, the only thing that can happen is carnage. But if your system is set up in a way that, well, what happens when the train comes off the track? Well, some magic inflating things pop out and no one notices anything, you know, and now we're in Maui instead yeah. of Des Moines. Hey, it's back to the future three and our train starts flying. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Eight miles an hour. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's I've seen this for years. This has been an issue with, you know, more creative. <laughs> yeah, we'll use the word creative pastors, worship leaders and uh, technical leaders who are more uh what's the enneagram number for someone with a that loves a plan and doesn't want to get away from it but whatever that number is but when they work together and the plan doesn't go well and then the tech team's going they don't like us right Mm -hmm. like that's that that tends to be where it goes it's like i'm not respected because of you know name whatever change could happen but we're we've really tried to tell people from day one like no you just you missed the whole mark like you weren't supposed to make this super tight lockdown system that only fit to what you thought the vision of the church was right. supposed to be. like the technology is flexible for right. a reason yeah and we've said it before creating systems that are planned super well and that are you know incredibly well thought out and structured and all that paves the way for ultimate creativity because you set up these systems and plans and guardrails and then anything that happens within those guardrails is fair game so it's like you know the optimal preparation paves the way for optimal creativity and i think too many times people get so rigid in their thinking that they think well this planning is you know, immovable. It's a fixed position and it, it, it can't be. So, um, Rusty, what are you thinking? I, I want to hear from you too. Like after the first time where we threw you on stage with no plan and no script, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you're welcome. No, I'm sitting. Yeah. I mean, I, I've thought about a lot of the last few weeks for sure. Trying to think like what, what would I, you know, what would I do this year if, if anything different? And, um, I've had a few thoughts. I mean, part of me wants to really focus on, the fundamentals and like i think you posted something on mxu slack recently lee about um i think your son was like doing some golf lessons and like th- the lessons that he was doing was yeah. not hitting golf balls it was like core strength and and movement and like you kind of pointed yeah. out how important the fundamentals are and I, as i've been working with some churches lately um i was out at a church a few weeks ago in hilton head friend of the pod blake woods shout out i like to shout people out if that's okay um yeah, hey, I, I like Blake. I've never met him. Uh, like but I was out with, out with this team, and I was, you know, looking through some of their content and trying to figure out how can I help. And uh, I just kept coming back to fundamentals. Um, and it's just so important. Like if we don't, for in my world, if your composition is not good, it doesn't matter what else you do. It's not going to be good storytelling. Um, so I don't know. So part of me is like, how do I, how do we talk about fundamentals and really build on that? But then, yeah, you're totally right, Daniel. There's just not enough time in that in that little window that you have. So maybe that's not right. Maybe there's a different place for that down the road. Hint, hint. 
Um, but as I think about last year on the tour, I mean, I don't, you guys maybe don't realize this, but like putting me out there with my comm coming through the PA and my multi-view on the PA and with training five camera ops in 30 minutes, that was pretty vulnerable to like, <laughs> <laughs> let me train these people and like make something happen that looks decent. Um, but I think, you know, looking back, what you said, Daniel, is so true. Like people got to see the process yeah. instead of me presenting something like, here's my polished piece of art that's so great. Isn't this awesome? Right. That's great. But coming like coming to the tour and watching the process and seeing, you know, did I train the best five camera ops I could in 30 minutes? Maybe not, but we got we got we got pretty somewhere pretty special. And you can do that too with your team that shows up on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have to drag somebody in from the youth group to run a camera. You know, it's like focusing on what are the few things that I can teach you in 30 minutes that can help us pull off um, this this worship gathering that we're trying to do. So I think, I mean, I don't, I would probably do it the same way again because every time it was different because you got different people you're trying to train um, and it just kind of naturally comes out differently every time. Um, but I, I love that showing the process part of, uh, of training and, and getting people to run cameras for, for the first time sometimes. And then the other thing I was thinking of too, right along the line, same lines as Daniel, is the the video content part. I was thinking more specifically like the pro presenter part. We didn't talk about that at all last time. And most of the churches that are in the country are, you know, pro presenter is their main thing or whatever they're using for lyrics is the main thing. They may not even have cameras or iMag. Um, so is there some, you know, some benefit of talking about what our pro presenter setup is and how we're setting up our lyrics and why we're doing that? You know, spending 10 minutes on that, maybe letting people behind that part of the yeah. veil as well. Um, yeah, there's just a few thoughts. I think just the process is so That's important. a great point. And I would spend some time on fundamentals if I were you. I mean, I think, you know, to your point, composition for video is almost like mic placement for audio. Like if you put the right mic in the wrong place, if you put the right camera on the wrong frame or the, right. the wrong kind of framing, you're not going to get good results no matter what the person in front of the camera or in front of the microphone is doing. So I think, I think spending some time on that is, is a great idea. We just need to make the day longer. Just give you guys more time. Yeah. Skip the after party. Just keep going. Eh, just keep going. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start earlier. 6am call time. Let's go. That's real life right there. Yeah. I mean, you guys are usually up golfing. I'm usually up feeding animals. Like, we're used to it. Let's go. And then, okay, so then after you guys, um, the second half of the day, we'll jump into audio. So there'll be a live sound check for front of house and monitors. Corey's going to be mixing um, John, Sal, and Jenna from Elevation. Um, And then I think I'm going to moderate that portion and really talk to the audience about what Corey's doing, why he's doing it, how they're dialing in the band's mixes, in-ears, and things like that. And, um, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Nice. And Corey, I think he's bringing some outward gear. So, you know, Chris Raybold has this effect on all of us. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be awesome. Um, I want to, can we jump back into that whole fundamental talk again? Yeah. I'm curious, like, that's what you're talking about. Like Jeff and I've been talking a lot about this with golf because I'm a, I'm a golfer now and that's, that's what I do. And my son taking these golf lessons, like you alluded to, I posted this video in Slack of him throwing this medicine ball because he went and took 
a two hour lesson from a golf pro and not like the golf pro at the golf shop. Like this guy coaches D one athletes and kids who may have the potential to play in high school or college. And he was like, Hey, we're going to start from scratch. And he threw him a six pound medicine ball and he's tossing me a medicine ball from 10 feet. And another drill he's doing is he holds a coat hanger and he turns to his side and he lines it up with his belt and he turns back to facing forward. And then he turns towards the target and he's just keeping this coat hanger lined up and he's doing drills like this for hours and hours and hours. And he's talking about professionals. This is what they do and high school players for sure. And then these D one kids, this, this is the type of things they do. And I'm not telling him what I do for a living or we haven't even gone down that road yet. But then I just think about with us, it's the same thing. It's like how important we talk about is with audio, the source and mic placement and getting all that right. When we just want to jump into, I got to really control the tone of these drums. So I need some parallel compression and maybe I'll add some additional parallel compression on the toms. And like, I don't know what all that is like for video and lighting, but this is good. Like, like what, like what you said about composition, like it doesn't matter what kind of gear you have or what other extra techniques you're doing and how good your, uh, your dance moves are with that camera. But if the composition's not good, it doesn't matter. Right. So like Daniel, what's, what is that type of fundamental? Like what's the medicine ball toss for a lighting designer? You know, it's funny as you started explaining all this, uh, I was listening and, and kind of blown away for a second because my, this is, this was my inner dialogue as you were explaining that we don't, have training in this industry usually until you know like an mxu comes out i wasn't there no one trained me on fundamentals so i'm now have this itching question inside of what are the fundamentals and how do i train for those i'll be honest i don't know if i know the answer because that's not how any of us learn you're just thrown in you have to figure out kind of how to do it and you watch what someone else is doing going okay well i'm gonna try that oh well this works or oh i'd watch the wrong person and i'm not gonna ever do that again um you know, I, I'm, I'm now kind of fascinated by that thought because I want to find out what those are. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going through my head. And I, this, you're, you're hearing this as I'm, as I'm kind of just uh, thinking about it. I mean, you know, key light is always a big thing for me. Um, you know, we, 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 we talk about the importance of color temperature and even washes and everything. Um, and I can put one together really fast because I, I, done it so many times so now i want to i want to spend some time over the next week uh breaking down how i dial in key light down to the granular elements and then once i know what those are how do i teach people to focus on each one of those elements and get good at them in the process um yeah you know thinking through programming and listening to songs you know um most of that is i say oh it's natural well in reality it's natural I'm saying it's natural because I've done it so much. It's kind of second nature, but how do you get to that? You know, how do you, how can I teach people to get to that faster than I did where it's not, you know, years and years of the practice of doing it, but focusing on those, those basic fundamentals, man, I'm, I got, uh, it's a wonderful question. I've got to spend some time thinking about that. Yeah. yeah that, that's awesome. It's deep. I've been thinking about that even for audio. Like it's how can I create an environment where, I'm moving an SM57 around a snare drum over and over and over and over, not to just find the right spot, but to do it so much, I know where the right spot is and I know what each movement will cause to happen. It's like, it's not just about getting it right one time. Right. It's about doing it so much 
that it's ingrained in your DNA. And that's the golf thing too, right? Yeah. It's we get out on the golf course after Dakota's done these drills for he's probably got 30 hours in a week of just slinging this medicine ball in a coat hanger. And we get out on hole number three the other night and he just shanks one and he goes, I don't know why that happens. And he's frustrated. And I go, Hey, good news. We actually do know why that happens. And now we know what you need to do to not just correct it one time, but so that it's such a part of your, your muscle memory that it's not even an issue that won't ever happen again. Cause you've done it so much. So it's the same thing for us. It's as a camera operator, good composition is so much a part of everything you do. You don't take, you don't move that camera unless the composition's good. Yeah. And what you said earlier is that what your coach showed your son is even the tour pros do this. And that's yes. what I've been trying to hammer down to people is I don't care if you, if you know what the fundamentals are, if you think you know what the fundamentals are, guess what? I'm a professional at this and I need to hear them again and again and again and again and again. And so that's do right. you. Yep. Um, yeah. Because if I don't have if I don't have them right, I'm going to stray. I'm going to drift over time, and then I'm building something on a shaky foundation. Right. I've got to get my foundation and my fundamentals ingrained in me over and over again. Right. Totally. And I think I think some people when they think about muscle memory or they think about something feeling automatic, it's too easy for them to just get bored with that or to think, well, I'm not being creative if it's just always the same. And it's like there's a difference between muscle memory and creativity because you look at the drills and the ability and the just the hours and hours and hours and thousands of golf balls that Tucker Woods hit as a kid to create that muscle memory that paved the way for him to make incredibly creative shots right right if he needed to hit if he needed to hit a draw over a tree or a slice under a tree you know 210 yard five iron slicing under a tree to roll up onto the green to 10 feet those shots that we'd love in his historic career only happened because of the fundamentals being perfect every time right right you know not exactly what we're talking about but this is another another thought that i'll just throw in um one of the things I did discover over the course of my career that I thought was super interesting in regarding fundamentals is I spent 10 years touring before I ever worked at, you know, at a church in a regular basis. I may have done, you know, a few shows in churches before that. And I was good, but I, I wouldn't by any means say I was great. And part of the reason in hindsight that I can look back at is when we do a tour, we sat down you know, in a, in a warehouse, in, in a arena and somewhere, set the rig up and program it and get it looking all how we want. And then we go set it up and tear it down for three, four months straight, every, you know, a few times a week, but we run the same show. We generally don't reprogram it. Um, we don't go through that process again. So during that time of my career, you know what I got really good at? It wasn't, it wasn't key light. It wasn't programming effects. It wasn't any of that. It was loading in and out shows. Because I had those yeah. reps every single day. You know when I got really good at lighting for video and and really programming looks that were impactful and, and layered and, you know, uh, to use Rusty's term, had really good composition? It's when I had to do it 52 weeks a year over and over and over again. So, you know, so often I hear guys nowadays go, oh, well, I mean, I, I love the church but I want to go out and tour so I can get some real experience. 
what do you want to get a real experience at? Sitting up and tearing down gear? I mean, because if you want to get real experience <laughs> yeah. at programming right. and really being, you know, putting together impactful events, stay at the church. I mean, you're going to get more reps there than you will ever get out gigging. That's true. Every discipline on the tour, you hear, yeah, and then by show three or four, we stopped doing sound checks and we got into kind of a groove. Mm-hmm. Right. Then it's over. Then it's like the mixing part's kind of done for a lot of people the, at that point. Yep. The programming part. And done. I've told that to people too. I was touring 200 days a year and then went and took a job at a church of 900 people in Knoxville and was mixing a pretty bad band. <laughs> they were not good with pretty mediocre singers for three years, a different set list every week. And then it was like, oh, if I don't give this everything, they're really not going to sound good. I got to I gotta try and help them out. So even in some cases, like going and mixing a world-class band is easier on some levels than it is a bad band because then you're going, no matter what I do to this electric guitar, it's not getting right. Well, I got to go talk to this guy now. And then he and I got to work together on fixing that. Like that, that's work. Yeah. Right. Well, let's do that on the tour. Let's talk let's about the fundamentals. Well, it's also, I'll do a shameless plug here. This is why you should come to the tour. Yes, I need to come to the tour. I need to go to workshops. Because if I don't, then I'm, yeah, I'm just, I just, I'm in this place where I'm believing I'm going to drift. And I've, if I'm not on top of it, um, my craft's not going to get better. It's just going to get mm-hmm. stale. That's good. For sure. Well, if you've been living under a rock, and haven't listened to the MXU podcast in a while, the tour dates are September 9th in Atlanta at Buckhead Church, September 13th in Chicago at Park Community Church, and September 16th in Frisco, just north of Dallas, at Hope Fellowship, Frisco East. So tickets are still available. The early bird pricing has expired, but it's so important for you to bring your team. I just, you got to get tickets if you don't, if you don't have them already, it's going to be such a great day. Bring your whole team, bring your executive pastor, bring your worship pastor, bring your senior pastor, bring your senior pastor's mom. Cause they're all going to learn some. You think even senior pastor's <laughs> mom, let's see. What would they Absolutely. learn? Yeah. You'd probably How make them you... one of my camera ops, what you would do. Yeah. How to create a narcissist in three easy steps. Let them teach a breakout. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was a joke, people. Gosh. Back off. Okay, so let's get people excited about what they're actually going to see in terms of gear. Because we can talk philosophy all we want, but at the end of the day, most production people love knowing about the gear. So, yeah. um, Daniel, why don't you talk us through some of the lighting rig and what you're going to have there fixtures-wise and what people can expect. Yeah, And why we pick those fixtures, because that's yep. important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we lucked out on this because, you know, sometimes, obviously, when we're doing events like this, we we need to bring in, you know, sponsors and support uh, to help. And, you know, I've been in situations before, like I, I've wanted something from a certain company, but it didn't quite work out, so we had to go with something else. We got exactly what we wanted uh, across the board uh, because of the the great companies we're able to, uh, you know, partner with to do this. Um, this is going to be a, a heavy Chave professional rig, um, which you know Chave, uh, one of my favorite lighting companies out there. Uh, they put out amazing products, especially in terms of value. Um, and in this market, what I like about them is, you know, I could come in with 
fixtures from some other companies. Uh, the problem is those would not be affordable for 99.9% of the churches out there. One of the things yeah. I love about partnering with Chave is they, you know, they have some very top end products, uh, but they cover the full spectrum of the market. So uh, for their stuff, we're doing some of the uh, Chave uh, Rogue R3X washes. Uh, we have some of their R2X wash VWs for key light, which if you never use those, uh, super cool. It's it's similar to their other Rogue R2X washes if you're familiar with those, but it's just variable white. Um, has become by far my favorite entry-level key lighting moving light for churches. Um, for creative stuff on stage, we've got uh, Force S spots from Chave. Um, and I think, unless I'm forgetting anything, I think that kind of rounds out the Chave package. One of the other partners, uh, Act Entertainment, who Act Entertainment is a distributor that brings in a lot of uh, products from different manufacturers to the U.S. Uh, one of their big uh, lines is Ayrton. Um, uh, you know, Ayrton, the best way to describe it is, is if a lighting designer himself kind of designed a light, that's how Ayrton approaches it. They are some of the best built designed lights that I've ever used. One, I don't know, quote unquote problem with that uh, in the past has been when you're designing something like that, when you're trying to build every feature the way you want, uh, the cost goes up dramatically. Ayrton identified that and they've done a great job of coming out with some killer fixtures that are a lot more accessible. So we're bringing out some of the Ayrton Diablos. Haven't totally decided how I'm going to use those yet. They are, when I need a profile key light, uh, we've started using uh, the Diablos a ton for that. Uh, it's, it's, you know, again, it's more affordable option from Ayrton, uh, incredible light quality. Uh, the features in there, um, are just amazing. Uh, you know, it's, it almost feels, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to describe this. It almost feels like custom. Like when you, when you have something that's made particularly for you, that's how yeah. I feel when I'm, I'm using the, the Diablos. Um, you know, as always, I'm an unapologetic MA fan. Uh, so we're going to bring out, uh, an MA3 to program on, um, you know, again, that's one of those ones where I think a lot of people hear the word MA and immediately think, oh, well, I've, I'm a small church and I can't afford that. Wrong. Uh, a topic for another podcast, but that's one of the things I love about the MA console is how they cover the full spectrum from stuff big enough to do, you know, professional, any size professional show with down to some very affordable entry-level products for that. And then kind of continuing in the the act entertainment line, this one, I, I, I don't know, I maybe, uh, what's the term? Jumping the shark a little bit here. Um, I haven't totally decided if this is something we can bring out and deploy on tour yet, but I really, really want to, because it's a, it's a cool product. that's not for everybody, but it also can solve a lot of problems that other products can't solve. And that's the, I want you to bring it. I want to bring it. Um, we're, we're working on it. We're talking about it. Uh, but that's the Zach track system, uh, from Zach track, which if you never heard of it, it's, uh, Automated system that allows your key light or just any light uh, to follow your people. There's other things out there that kind of do this. That are, uh, all of them are, are, are great products. This one has become one of my favorites because of the simplicity. You know, you put a little tracker on somebody similar to like a little wireless microphone pack, and it can follow them anywhere. What a lot of people don't know is that it's also interfaces with with video and audio, and that's the part I really wish we had a chance to do on this tour. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll put some videos out in the future, but. We haven't quite uh, cracked the the shell of this yet, but I think this is one of those products that is going to be a game changer for a lot of churches. They just don't know it yet. You know, it has, yep. it has an ability to d- apply automation um, to certain situations. You know, it's I'm not going to say it, it's not cheap, uh, but you have to look at it in terms of you may be able to come in and spend half or less the amount of money on your key light if you're doing a key light upgrade or building a new building. 
if you bring in a Zach track type system uh, to apply. And again, it is not for every situation. This is a new thing that I'm, I'm always excited to talk about. So if anybody wants more information about it, I'm easy to get in touch with. Uh, I'd love to tell you more about it, but um, I'm trying to talk about it as much as I can, not just because they're sponsoring MXU because I personally get nothing from that, but because I think it is one of those amazing pieces of kit that is going to be a game changer if enough people can learn about it. And for those of you who want to do a deeper dive into that product, check out the MXU Lighting Podcast, Episode 3, with Daniel's interview with Zach Trax because they do kind of a deeper dive into what it is and how it works and all the kind of nerddom behind the gear. Shout out to Araya Grovesner from Act Entertainment for that one. It was great. So we are going to have the Zach Trax system set up at HQ and our lighting and audio, and maybe Rusty can figure out how to use this in video. We will totally do demos and and show people how that works because we're going to have a soundscape system at HQ. So when the person walks across the stage, not only do the lights follow, but the audio source follows in the soundscape environment. Do, also, do we have enough cool. time for me to give like a, a brief two or three minute description of that? Because when it was explained to me, my mind was blown. We got time. Uh, got, yeah, you go, guys on a schedule. All right, I'll make it fast. No, imagine this: um, if you're a uh, a church that has a lot of events in your room and you have trouble staffing them all the time. What if you had a system where your pastor could walk up backstage or whoever your speaker is, the the leader of your your women's group that's there Saturday night, um, and, and you don't have the staff to do an audio person, a, a pro presenter person, and a lighting person. The person walks backstage, grabs one of these little trackers. When they walk down stage center, their key light just automatically fades up on them. Um, you know, and at the same time, you could even, I mean, we could go as far as saying it, it turns your microphone on when it, when it feels, when it senses you going into that, that predefined zone. So you light comes up, microphone's on, the person sits there and talks for a while. Well, they got a playback video in the middle of it. You can have a pre-marked position somewhere else on stage where as that person walks away from downstage center and goes to that predefined position, the front light fades out, your lighting goes to your video look. Oh, and your pro presenter also plays automatically when the system senses them hit that zone. Um, yeah, pretty stinking amazing. That's where I'm going. You know, it, it people, um, my concern is a lot of people are going to look at it and go, oh, wow, that's an expensive system. It is, but you have to understand what you're going to be able to do with it and how it's going to allow you to spend less money in other areas. Absolute game changer. That's and very now cool. everyone's a fan of universal basic income. Welcome the robots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for one, look forward to serving my robot masters. That's I funny. mean, this is like I, I didn't even know that till right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I, I knew it would follow you, but of course you could have it trigger entire queues and play videos and fire the front of house guy. That's exactly what that is we bought one at dc pro to start messing around with because it was so interesting to me um i've done that a few times with other gear and then afterwards i'm like i'm stupid why did i buy the piece of gear that was such a waste this one it was the exact opposite i'm going oh my gosh i'm the smartest man alive i should have bought this a year ago when (laughs) i first heard about it um yeah we're starting to use it uh you know for some of our rental clients taking it out in certain productions we're doing and we're even having the same reaction each time because we're adding a little more functionality of what we're doing with it uh, you know, we, we had the, again, if I got a second to tell a quick story, we were doing an event, uh, oh, golly, this was a month or two ago at this point, a very unique event in a very unique location. Um, this was not planned at all. Literally five minutes before they want to do it, the producer comes running up to us and goes, Hey, uh, we want to, this next speaker, it's their birthday. 
we got a cake for him. We're going to roll it in from the back of the auditorium. We want to light it as it's coming down the aisle so we can uh, uh, see it and start singing happy birthday as it's coming down the aisle. Can you guys do that? Well, I didn't have any automated spotlights. I mean, we're in the event at that moment. So it's not like we have time to program positions or anything like that. Uh, for a minute, I almost panicked and then went, yeah, hold on. And I ran backstage and grabbed a Zach track cr- tracker and just ran back and handed it to the lady. I said, put this beside the cake. She goes, uh, okay. So as the cake's rolling in down the aisle, our programmer has is ready to uh, move two of our front light moving lights to as- assign them to track that tracker. So literally within like six minutes after we were told about it, we have perfect spotlighting without without other operators besides our one programmer tracking this cart rolling down an aisle. Um, That's cool. Again, the flexibility is insane. Yeah, I've never heard I've never heard the the command go cake light over calm, but that would be a pretty good pretty good show call. Stand stand by for frosting. Happy birthday, Mr. President. We need the cake okay, light. okay, okay, okay. Oh Rusty, Rusty, how about your I gear? Can't go after that. Uh, gear wise for videos, so we um, we're gonna have a slew of Canon C three hundreds. That'll be our main camera for um, for all the actual like service stuff. And I think we, you know, we chose that. It's a great, it's a great option for for most churches who are like wanting to get into that cinema look um, without spending a hundred thousand dollars per camera, right? Because I don't know that any church really needs to spend that much. Um, so it's an awesome, uh, awesome like mid range option. So, you know, something I know a lot of churches, you know, I would always say go through an integrator, but a lot of churches don't, and they just want to buy it from B and H. You can buy this from B and H, kind of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but we're going to have a slew of those and it's going to be great. So we can, we can do frame rate changes. We can, um, we probably won't do this, but you can load custom LUTs to get a certain color grade that you want to do. Um, it's got built in image stabilization, which is super nice when you're working with camera ops who aren't the steadiest of hands. So a well, lot are going to be brand new. Right. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to teach them the fundamentals of how to make it steady. Then I'm also going to turn this feature on. We keep alluding to that, but, this part of the day we pick people out of the audience who are not camera operators and nor have they ever been and you teach them how to right use a camera. The, the pastor's moms come to the front of the line 100 <laughs> i want my baby on the screen <laughs> you are rare form today lee Sorry. go camera one ready um, camera one yeah so i'm excited about that and then we'll have you know the different slew of lenses that'll help us accomplish what we need to accomplish um and then switcher wise, our friends from Ross are providing their um ultra system. I think we're gonna have I don't I don't know the full list. Jeremy probably knows, but oh, I don't I don't are we bring in the router, are we bring in the Tria server and things like that? Maybe, maybe not. I think the whole rig from HQ is going on the truck. Okay. So may or may not use it's it. It's all racked up. But yeah. it'll be there. So if you want to see it, come by. Um but uh the switcher um it's has a ton of horsepower that we probably won't even scratch the surface of. Uh, but it's it's um, a super user friendly. You can train volunteers to use it really easily. You can you can program it to do complicated things with a push of a button. Uh, but also, you know, if you don't have a Ross Carbonite Ultra, you can do what we're going to do with any switcher for the most part. Because um, at the end of the day, we're just going to be do- cutting cameras and putting lyrics on top of the iMag for the most part. So, right. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it all goes back to those fundamentals, right? Right. Even even if you don't have the exact same gear, don't get bound up by the fact that you can't do these things because you can. We're talking about principles that apply no matter what gear you have. So for you, it might be a switcher. 
for audio, it's probably going to be the console because not everybody has this particular console, but it doesn't matter because when we talk about EQ and compression and mic placement and gating and gain structure, it applies no matter what console you have. Would you say, I mean, you're going to talk about frame rate switching because that camera can do it without a big hassle. But other than that, like when you're telling someone how to be a handheld camera op, it's it's not gear dependent. No, it's totally universal. Um, right. Running a tripod camera is universal. I mean, yeah, there's a few pieces that you have to have, but every manufacturer has those pieces. Yeah. If that makes that's sense. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And for audio, I feel like audio needs the most. Um, this happens in audio more than lighting and video to me, where like. Corey's going to be using an SSL L500, okay? Flagship console, super expensive. I think it's probably the best sounding desk in in live audio, probably. It's it's up there, right? Top two or three. But when he starts talking about his EQ and the snare drum, some people will disengage and go, well, my X32 can't do that. Well, it's not going to sound like that, but it can get dang close. And I think the like the gap between... The SSL quality audio and the X32 audio, that gap is shorter in history than it's ever been. Do you agree with that, Jeff? I think that's true, yeah. And the the fact is, if Corey hears that he needs to take 4 dB out of his snare drum at 500 hertz, yeah, it's going to be a little smoother and it's going to sound maybe a little richer coming through an SSL. But that that same snare drum would still probably need 6 dB of 500 hertz taken out of an X32 as well. So again, when you see those things happening live in front of your eyes, don't get caught up in the fact that it's happening on a particular piece of gear. Take the principle and apply it to how you would do that in your context because the principle is the same across the board. I've heard so. Sorry to interrupt you there. I've heard some uh, horrible, horrible uh, mixing done on an SSL and I've heard some great mixing done on an X32. For each brother. Yeah. Um, 100%. I mean, yeah, you put, you know, one of you guys or Corey behind each, of course, SSL is going to sound better, but it doesn't mean that's what's doing it. Yeah, for sure. And the PA is a DNB XSL system, which it's pretty awesome. And it's going to be awesome. No, a small Chinese made line array that out of a magazine will not sound as good as that, but it's also cardioid and what's happening with that particular system is really different because there's no energy being fired behind the pa so any kind of wall or reflective sources behind and above it's not adding to the overall smear in the room and noise flying around everywhere so that's that is a little different but it's also pretty remarkable yeah so that's we're excited we're excited to be able to show that because yeah it's it's not accessible everywhere and so for people who really care about how room sound and how PAs work, it's it's a great opportunity for people to get in front of a great new product that's been out for less than a year that people can really kind of gain some understanding about, you know, just how a line array works and tuning and, you know, deployment and all that kind of stuff that we wouldn't be able to necessarily have, you know, in every church. So it's it's going to be a great, great day. Do you guys remember 
the first time you had a really good steak, like whether from a, a, a steakhouse, like somewhere nice, like a Bruce Chris or a Fleming's or. And, and it like made you, it made you realize that what you'd thought was a good steak was not. Exactly. Yeah. Like what I, what I grew up eating from my mom's <laughs> kitchen wasn't even steak. Right. Love um, you mom. Yes. But I, yeah. I, I totally do remember that. It was Our, like, Oh wait, medium rare is actually what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Yeah, my my parents thought it should be like shoe leather. Yes, it's the I don't know what I don't know. Yeah, right, right. So I, what I love about all of this is having a lot of equipment that is out of reach for ninety nine point nine percent of churches. What it is doing is inspiring us and helping us create a new top a new ceiling a new this is what's possible so where you think you currently are when you're exposed to someone mixing like Corey and a band like this and daniel's programming and rusty's ability to teach camera operators your whole team whether you're an audio person video or lighting you're looking at all three disciplines happen at the same time and saying these guys just loaded all of this in in a day they're using moving lights that are a thousand dollars or less they're using cameras that aren't a hundred thousand dollars listen to that snare drum because that's exactly what you'll say about that snare drum and your entire team now leaves at the end of the day thinking okay this isn't as out of reach as we thought it was and having a great weekend experience isn't out of reach it as out of reach as we thought it was that's the whole reason we're doing this so that everyone on your team walks out of the door that day and goes into your very next week in service thinking this is going to be better than it was last week. And it will be better. Love it. So just for accuracy, let's say like $3,000 or less on the moving lights. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that excites me about it is, for those of you who can bring your worship teams, what they're going to experience in terms of the way the band communicates with Corey and the way they're able to have input in terms of the look and feel of things and how we kind of start the day with our onstage production meeting so that we can hear from them their vision for the worship set and then how we work together to execute that. If any of you are struggling with this sort of back and forth, us and them mentality among your teams, this is a great opportunity for you to hear how to change that kind of communication to make it more effective, to make it more impactful, to make it more uh, based in humility and effectiveness rather than this sort of stiff arming each other all the time. So if you and your team struggle with that and your maybe your senior leadership feels some of that tension, you got to come to MXU Live. I'm telling you, it's, it's a great way to break down those walls. Well, fellas, see you in a few weeks. Yeah, no joke. I got. I got to go. Set. My wife's waiting. I got a hot date. I got to go cook a steak right now. Actually, so <laughs> hey, go cook that steak. You got it. Go I got a hot date too. My wife and I are going to see Alan Jackson of all things. Come on. No way. First cassette tape I ever bought. Wait on yonder in that Chattahoochee. Come on, baby. I'm gonna go chase some chickens and uh, mow some trails. How about that? <laughs> uh, I got a five o'clock tea time. All right. All well, busy. thanks, boys. No double bogeys. Uh, I triple bogeyed that par five that you texted me about yesterday. You said no snowmen. I tripled a par five, Jeff. All right, no three putts then today. I understand like two words of what you guys just said. <laughs> Soon enough, my friend. See you guys. All right, fellas. Yeah. Take care.